Well, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, like Acts chapter 7, this is a big one, and we're going to spend several weeks on it. We looked last week at the basics of Passover, bringing the lamb and slaughtering it and so on. Moses goes on from that in verse 15 to talk about the ancillary celebration. What you do along with Passover, you have an entire week, which is this Feast of Unleavened Bread. So let's read that starting at Exodus 12, verse 15. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leavened bread from from your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. And on the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation for you. No manner of work shall be done on them. But that which everyone must eat, that only may be prepared by you. So you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For on this same day I will have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the twenty-first day of the month, at evening. For seven days no leaven shall be found in your houses, Since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a stranger or a native of the land. You shall eat nothing leavened. In all your habitations, you shall eat unleavened bread. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this feast. We ask that you would help us to understand what it's about and to learn not to bring Egypt with us. Give us focus of mind, peace of heart, peace of conscience, so we can hear your word and delight in it. Lord, we pray these things in your Son's name. Amen. Well, this feast is Passover's less famous cousin. Everyone's heard of Passover. And we understand that Passover is associated with unleavened bread, matzah bread. But God adds to that in this chapter, not just one day of Passover, not just Passover night, but actually a full week-long festival called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The date, pretty simple. The first day of Nisan, as the first month later came to be called. We don't know what they called the first month in these days, well, I think actually later it says they called it Abib. They changed all the names of their months during the Babylonian captivity. So the 14th day of the first month, you know, roughly equivalent to our Martin Luther King Jr. Day, that first holiday of the year, you eat unleavened bread. And that's the food. The menu is very simple. You can have anything you want except leaven. And you gather for worship on the first day. And on the seventh day, you take a day off work and you gather. It is a holy convocation, as the text calls it. What does a holy convocation mean? Well, it means coming together. To convoke is to call people together. That's just a fancy Latin word for coming together. And it's holy. That is, you come together in order 
to show your dedication to God. It doesn't say what exactly they did. Maybe they heard a sermon. Maybe they sacrificed an animal. It's not, the Old Testament is not very clear on what happened at these holy convocations, but you were required to have one. This, by the way, is how Christians have tried to make Christmas, Easter, and Thanksgiving Christian holidays. Make it about a day where you don't work and instead you gather for worship. Come to church, you have a holy convocation, and you worship with your brothers and sisters on those holidays. So the historical basis for this is down in verse 33. The Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste, for they said, We shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. And then verse 39, And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they had brought out of Egypt, for it was not leavened because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared provisions for themselves. And one perceptive commentator noted that uh, typically it's been thought they didn't leaven the bread because they didn't have time to add leaven to the mix. But that's probably wrong. If you have time to mix everything else in the bread, you probably have time to throw in the yeast. Rather, they didn't add the leaven because they knew they didn't have time. Once you leaven the dough, what do you do? You start this ticking time bomb as the bread starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And in a hot place like Egypt, it gets even bigger and bigger. And that makes the dough very hard to transport. If it's in a bowl slung on your back, the last thing you want is all of it to fountain out of the bowl and go in the dust. And so they didn't leaven the bread because they didn't know when they would be able to stop. They didn't know when they would be able to tend to the dough. They were in such a hurry that they had to leave before they could bake the bread, and therefore they brought it unleavened. Now that detail was within God's providence. But he took that historical accident, as it were, and turned it into a holiday. Because you ate unleavened bread, because you knew you didn't have time to let the bread rise and then tend to it right when it was at the right height, now eat unleavened bread for a whole week every year to remember that I brought you out of Egypt. That's the message. And God is very strong on this because... If you don't do it, verse 19, you will be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether you're a stranger or a native of the land. This is serious stuff. Most people would say, well, you're still Irish, even if you don't drink green beer on St. Patrick's Day. You're still Italian if you don't like pizza. You're still German if you don't put up a Christmas tree. You're still an American if you don't eat turkey on Thanksgiving. We have our holiday traditions, but we take a tolerant view. God doesn't take a tolerant view on this one. This is a holiday, and if you eat leaven, you're no longer an Israelite. You are cut off, you're thrown out. You can be an Egyptian, you can be a Philistine, you can be a Hittite, you can be whatever you want, but you can no longer claim an identity as a member of the people of God. This holiday is so central to your identity as an Israelite that you must celebrate it. 
Not in a half-hearted way either, but for the whole week. Somebody caught with a sourdough sandwich is gone. Somebody seen putting croutons in their salad, gone. Now, why? Well, because to be Israelite is to be brought out of Egypt by God, and to be brought out of Egypt by God is to live as someone freed from slavery. The first part of that is the consecration of time. Verse 2, right? This month shall be to you the beginning of months. It will be the first month of the year to you. And again, verse 16, On the first day there shall be a holy convocation, and on the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, you shall do it. When you're a slave, what happens to the days? They're all the same. Pharaoh doesn't say, Oh, you get today off. Or if he does say it, he doesn't say, you always will get today off. Pharaoh reserves the right to remove your holidays. Pharaoh reserves the right to make you work Sundays, weekends, evenings, whenever he wants, because you're a slave. Your time is not your own, nor is it God's. It belongs to Pharaoh. Under service to God, things change. A new year and a new way of life has come, and when you serve God, what happens? You get a day off. God says, you're my servants now, and the first thing we're going to do now that you're my service is take the day off. How would you like that? Welcome to your first day on the job. Today is an important, special day. Take it off. Go home. That's how God welcomes the Israelites into being his people. To be an Israelite, to be someone redeemed from Egypt, is to be someone who now has a free day. A day where you don't have to work. A day that you get to spend time with God. Pharaoh, patron saint of workaholism. God is the patron of rest and freedom and worship. Feast and celebration come from Him. So we shouldn't get this idea that God is a slave driver, that God makes us work harder than the world made us work. Actually, the exact opposite is the case. God gives a day off. A holiday marks slavery being over. Slaves don't get holidays. Free people do. That's why you have to not eat the leavened bread. Leaven in those days was not something you bought in a little vacuum-sealed aluminum pouch. Leaven meant save a bit of last week's dough or yesterday's dough and throw it in today's batch. They didn't know how to get the leaven out of the bread and sell it separate. And so you just saved a bit of that leavened dough and put that into the bread each day. That was where your leaven came from. So the message of unleavened bread is simple. Throw out everything that belonged to your old way of life. If it came from Egypt, get rid of it. The leaven, the old bread of slavery has to go 
and you're starting over with new bread as a newly saved person. So every year God tells them not to eat leaven, not because he's opposed to leaven. Jesus compares the kingdom of God to leaven, but because leaven comes from the past. Leaven is a piece of your old life that you're bringing with you. And you may not do that. So that's the message of this feast. It's a very simple message. Don't bring Egypt with you. You're free now. Don't come out into the desert and keep living like a slave. Stephen, of course, talked about that this morning, how the people's hearts turned back to Egypt. And they said to Moses, we wish we could eat what we ate in Egypt. We wish we lived like we lived in Egypt. We think it's better to be slaves of Pharaoh than to be out here following you around the desert. But every year they had to stop and do this Feast of Unleavened Bread to remind them we didn't bring Egypt with us. Now the application is obvious if you're saved as an adult and you have a bunch of worldly habits, practices, and ideas in your life. Don't bring them with you into your existence as a Christian. Don't say, well, when I was an unbeliever, I yelled at my spouse whenever I didn't like what she did. So now I'll keep doing that. When I was an unbeliever, I watched these shows and I liked them, and so I'm going to keep doing that. When I was an unbeliever, I right, fill in the blank. For those who grow up believers in Christian homes, what does it mean? Well, cleanse yourself, Paul says, of all malice and wickedness. Whether it was a habit from your pre-Christian days, whether it's something that the church has absorbed from the world around it, whether it is quite literally something the ancient Egyptians did, worshiping many gods, looking for satisfaction to something, a name in the afterlife, a nice tomb. Don't do that. Don't act like the Egyptians did. Don't bring the habits of the world into the Christian life. That's what the Feast of Unleavened Bread means. You don't get holy by eating crackers. You get holy by banishing from your life those things that characterize the world, the flesh, and the devil. So cleanse yourself of malice and wickedness. How do you do that? Through Jesus, the Passover lamb, who has been sacrificed for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this feast of unleavened bread. Lord, we understand that to revert to Egypt means to be cut off from the people. That the definition of a Christian is someone who no longer fits into this world. Someone who's been rescued from the way the world, the flesh, and the devil want to do things. And that if we revert to that, if we go back to malice and wickedness, hatred and envy, if we go back to living for status and prestige and pleasure, then we are cut off from your people. Father, don't let us do that. Help us to cleanse ourselves, our lives, our homes of that leaven of malice and hypocrisy and instead to eat the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. 
Give us the grace to be a Passover people who have been saved from that Egyptian bondage. Give us the wisdom to see what things in our lives are holdovers from the world and fleshly way, worldly and fleshly way of doing things. Thank you for the rest that you gave your people. Two days off, immediately, as soon as their bondage was over. Help us, Father, not to neglect to take the day off you give to us each week, this Sabbath day, to celebrate in your presence and to know that you are a good, kind master. We praise you for the deliverance from Egypt that we have in Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.